0: It's now time for The Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Now, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, today's show, eh, it's brought to you by my book. That's it. Just my book. Uh, Tom Molino. From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, get yourself a copy today. Amazon, uh, it's also on uh, Barnes & Noble, or just let me know and I'll get you a copy. All right, man, it's been a while. Uh, we've been uh, uh, off for a little bit, and I just got to make sure I remember how to do this show. want to make sure we're, uh, we, we're, we're actually on, and it, it, it appears to be. So uh, I hope everybody's been doing okay. Uh, I've been doing okay, I've been doing all right And uh, I figured uh, uh, we would start uh, uh, a show again Uh, We're shooting to do Thursdays Uh, Right now I'm solo, I plan on having some guests uh, join us Uh, Hopefully uh, Alex and and Dax can join us uh, at some point Uh, Also the infamous Jeremy C Uh, He may be joining us uh, sooner than later Uh, We also got uh, hopefully John Muscunas He's busy right now with a Don King show. Uh, so, a lot of stuff cooking, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get rolling. But speaking about getting rolling, uh, let's start talking about uh, what prompted me uh, to come back and do a show. And uh, hopefully, uh, uh, everybody can hear and see everything okay. Uh, if not, let me know because, you know, I'm getting old and uh, uh, it's been a year. Can you believe a year went by since we did our last show? Uh, anyway, I think it's a year. Anyway, uh, Tyson Fury, uh, Francis Nagano, uh they fought this past weekend. I got to be honest, uh, I didn't buy the fight. I didn't think it was going to be a competitive fight. Uh, from what I understand, the sales, uh, the pay-per-view sales were uh, uh, really low. So I wasn't the only one. I did watch the fight uh, after it was over, and uh, I was shocked. You know, I- I've been talking with... Uh, uh, some MMA fans uh, over the uh, over the sever- last several months, and I've heard nothing but good things about Naganu But you know, it's his first pro fight, and he's fighting uh, arguably the best heavyweight on the planet. And I just didn't see a uh, I, I didn't see him having much of a chance, especially Tyson Fury, who uh, is a defensively sound fighter, and uh, also uh, in his last tyson fury in his last several fights he's uh, uh finally been uh you know knocking people out and uh that kind of thing so i, I really really didn't think naganu would uh would do much and the general uh consensus about naganu was that you know everybody knew he had power including myself i did watch some video of him freakish power uh but uh the general consensus was that he was going to run out of gas and he didn't he went to distance um, so, a, a couple of thoughts. First and foremost, you know Fury, thirty-five years old. He's the uh, WBC heavyweight champ. He's got a record of thirty-four and zero with a draw, with twenty-four of, of his wins coming by knockout. Um, Nagano, thirty-seven. You know that kind of sucks for Nagano because here's a guy that, <clears throat> excuse me, here's a guy that uh, uh, all of a sudden busts onto the, the to the boxing scene if he chooses to stay in the sport. And uh, he's 37 years old, so I'll get to uh, what uh, he's going to have to uh, do. But a couple of things I I, I noticed, uh, Tyson Fury, I mean, uh, uh, my thoughts on that was that he he took the fight lightly. Uh, He was out of shape. Um, He looked real soft. Um, You know, he was making comments going into the fight that he planned on fighting uh, 10 more times, which I think is total BS, Um, but, uh, here's the thing. Everybody said, oh, he he looked fat. He looked fat. He did look fat, but he kind of always looks fat. He weighed 277 and three quarter pounds for this fight against Nuganu, uh, which was, uh, almost 10 pounds more than his last fight. But, but, but wait a minute. When he fought Deontay Wilder in their last fight, he weighed exactly the same amount, 277 and three quarter pounds. So, um, you know, now people are starting to say, you know, was he out of shape? You know, I, I, I've, I've been a big Tyson Fury fan, really. I've watched every one of his fights since his third fight. We had a uh, an England uh, correspondent back in the day, and uh, he turned me on uh, to Tyson Fury. And, I, and, you know, I watched him develop. He's a fighter that. Um, you know, really had to Learn to fight people his own size he, he developed, even his jab was He had a tendency to deliver his punches On a downward uh, because of his Opponents were so small uh, But he, he's gotten better and, and You know, he rose to the top of the heavyweight Division uh, Nugano, uh rose to the top of uh, uh, MMA And, um, you know, great Story, if you don't know I mean, the guy had escape uh, To come here and everything else uh, chiseled specimen uh, Again another reason why I thought He would run out of gas A lot of times when you see these guys uh, That are loaded with muscles uh, They run out of gas You know um, But uh, he didn't um, You know he, here's the thing I, I, I thought Naganu fought smart And he actually made Tyson Fury go to him um, You know he, he seemed to have good ring generalship For a guy that never fought in the boxing ring Um, you know, he controlled the ring, in my opinion. Uh, he kept cutting the ring off and, uh, waiting for Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury himself, uh, likes to counter punch, And, um, you know, he, he does at times go in, uh, aggressively, but he had to for this whole fight. I give Nagano a lot of credit, uh, for staying the course and, uh, and putting on a a pretty good, uh, fight for no, no doubt about that. Um, now, Tyson Fury was supposed to fight Usyk, um in December. Well, it was announced the other day, uh, on Wednesday, actually, um, yesterday, I guess, I'm losing track of the days, um, that that fight uh, has been put off, as we all kind of knew. Uh, Tyson, uh, you know, had some damage done. They're shooting for February 22nd. I saw on social media today. Uh, there's a lot of people that feel... Um, that uh, he's never going to fight uh, Usyk, that they'll probably have a rematch if he doesn't retire. Um, You know, like I said, I I think uh, Tyson Fury took the fight lightly. He was out of shape. Uh, I think he should concentrate on a Usyk fight, uh, be the best he can be. uh, And if he comes out on top, I I I think that Tyson Fury, and this is specifically for Tyson Fury, I think he should retire as a champion. I mean, uh, that's a big thing in today's sporting world, you know, to go out on top, whether you're in uh, a boxer, whether you're in football, baseball, whatever, uh, to, uh, to end your career uh, as a champion in boxing or as a uh, Super Bowl champion or a World Series champion or, uh, you know, any other sport, you know, to leave uh, at the top of your game so often, you know, uh, f- athletes, um, you know, make mistakes when they're younger They learn the wisdom as they age But their bodies just can't respond as quickly And some of them hang on too long uh, I think uh, Tyson Fury has an opportunity To get back to basics uh, Concentrate on on uh, Usyk, and, uh, and fight him That's one option And then go out on top Should Usyk win the fight uh, now you say to yourself, well, what should Tyson Fury do? Should he exercise the rematch clause? Which, you know, I honestly don't know if there is one for the Usyk fight. I would imagine there's one because if there's not, that would be a stupid move. Um, and uh, and try uh, his, uh, you know, to, to, to beat Usyk the second time. And he could also not even fight Usyk. He could walk out and retire right now. I, I don't think... Um, you know I, I don't think that would be a bad thing for tyson fury, the man Tyson fury. I think this Naganu fight would be the fight on everybody's mind um so he's got to do something um to keep his legacy intact in my opinion just for overall you know what people are gonna think uh, you know when you look at his accomplishments and everything else I mean it's hard to argue that um you know he he should lose that much juice but, uh, he is now as far as uh, uh, Nagano, um, I, you know, I, I think I, I came up with a couple of things with Nagano. And these are all things that he could improve on if he can improve on quickly. This is a guy that can be doing very well in a heavyweight division. I think he needs to sure up his defense. Um, yes, he was smart, but he did take some shots. I mean, the punch stats were, were pretty uh, close, in my opinion. Uh, based on uh, punch stats I mean they were definitely close it was it's not an opinion thing if you read them um I also think that nuganu had a tendency to be a little too flat-footed so if he could develop some footwork and and keep his hands up a little better um, and develop a jab I mean those three things which every fighter needs to do right um, you know have decent footwork uh, deploy a good jab and then also uh uh, you know, I have a little uh, defense, you know. Um, I think if this cat can do that, you know, who's going to beat him in the heavyweight division? I'm going to take a look at the heavyweight division right now. Uh, in a, Well, not this second, in a couple minutes. But, um, you know, right now he's 37 years old. His biggest enemy, Naga- Nagano's biggest enemy, is time. You know, I know what people are going to say. Oh, well, you know, 37 and a guy's in shape like that. He's got another five, six years. Okay, maybe, you know. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is he's in a really good position right now. I read a comment from him saying that his ultimate goal right now is a rematch with Fury. There's a lot of other money fights out there for Nugano. Uh, First of all, um, I think a fight with Deontay Wilder would would be good. You know, I initially wanted to see Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight on the undercard of Tyson Fury and Usyk. I think that would have been great. I mean. From what we've been seeing on pay-per-views and stuff, are just garbage shows. I mean, these these you know other fights. The Canelo Charlo uh, card was 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 awful, you know. Um, so I, I mean, you know, Nagano's got some good stuff going on right now. A fight with Deontay Wilder, a fight with Anthony Joshua, or even a fight with Andy Ruiz Jr., all could make Nuganu money and make that their his opponent money. He's a draw. People are going to want to see him fight. Um, you know, you would think, again, we don't know, but you would think that Tyson Fury is going to fight Yusick uh, okay? Well, Nugano can't wait around, you know, because the truth of the matter is, is if he beats a guy like Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua or even Andy Ruiz, his credibility... Um, even though he's got it right now, don't get me wrong, but his legitimate credibility uh, in the heavyweight division should skyrocket. And he would be making himself even more money with a potential rematch uh, with, uh, with Tyson Fury. Or if Tyson Fury fights Usyk and Usyk beats him, which, hey, let's be real, that's a, that's a real good possibility. I mean, is, is is a genius in the ring. Uh, very awkward uh you know he does things mentally strong um you know and then a fight between Usyk and Noganu I mean look it opens up the doors for a lot of stuff and I think that um, I think that they both need to both Tyson Fury and Noganu need to uh have a substantial fight next Noganu uh, he looks he he bucked all the odds by getting right in and fighting uh, arguably the best heavyweight out there, and and there's a lot of people out there that feel he won. Uh, the card was close. I do think Tyson Fury won the fight uh, by uh, you know uh, by a point. Um, but uh, but it was close enough. I, I you know I mean they, the the pay per view numbers were terrible. But guess what? A rematch won't be. You know so a lot of stuff uh, could happen. With both these fighters, and uh, it would be interesting to see what Tyson Fury decides to do. Whether he goes through with his fight with Usyk, which I believe he will, and then uh, Naganu uh, you know, he's you know I, I, the reason why I would like to see him fight Deontay Wilder. I mean, anybody that's ever watched my show uh, knows that I, I'm not a big fan of Deontay Wilder, but the man has freakish power. It would be interesting to see. Um, Nagano, uh take a shot I mean, let's be real uh, Deontay Wilder punches much harder than Tyson Fury Although Tyson Fury has Like I said earlier, has developed uh, Or or realized His punching power um, So uh, a lot of good stuff And now when you take a look at the heavyweight division It's weak right now And that's in Naganu's favor You know, I was looking at the rankings um, And these rankings were as uh, 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 October 27th And you know, you look at all these fighters in the heavyweight division, and there's not many that really jump out at you. I mean, um, it's the same fighters that they're recycling. You know, the same names we hear. Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, um, Andy Ruiz Jr., and, and and pretty much that's it. You know, you got some other fighters in the mix. Um, Otto Whalen, which is a good fighter. Uh, of all these fighters... I. I of the current heavyweights aside from you know wanting to see Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua fight each other uh maybe Andy Ruiz fighting Otto Wallen um and then you know some kind of a round Robin and the winners fight each other uh, you know then you got the Usyk uh, uh Tyson Fury fight and you got Nganu now is in the mix um so so with those handful of fighters um, we got uh, we we got some stuff going on. I just want to give a shout out to everybody that's in the chat room. Uh, I'm glad you're uh, there. I can't uh, 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 I can't uh, multitask that much and type and talk and think. Hoo, 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 I'm getting old, you know. And, but I haven't had a scotch yet, so maybe I could. But uh, but the truth of the matter is, I like Fran- uh, Frank Sanchez, uh, the Cuban fighter, 23 and 0. Uh, 16 of his wins coming by knockout. The computer ranks him at number 18 in the world. Um, WBC has him number four. WBA has him at number 15. IBF has him at number five. And the WBO has him at three. Um, I think he's legit. And I think that all the sanctioning bodies that are ranking him um, uh, can justify that. I, I like Frank Ch- Sanchez now, um, which I'm going to get to a little later about uh, the problems with the sport. Now, it's up to Frank uh, Sanchez's people to get him the right fights. You know, um, if you look at his resume, uh, he's got uh, he's got some decent fight. His last um, uh, good fights, okay. He's got his last fight was one of his best wins. Um, he fought uh, uh, Scott Alexander uh, on September 30th of this year. Uh, Alexander couldn't. Uh, make it out for the fourth round. It was a scheduled ten-round uh, fight in October of last year. He stopped Carlos Negron uh, in the ninth out of a scheduled ten-round fight. Uh, he beat a ten. He won a ten-round decision uh, over Christian Hammer in January of last year. And back in October of uh, twenty-one, uh, he fought uh, Effie uh, Ajagba. Which, if you recall, at that time they were both up and coming undefeated fighters so um I, I like Frank uh, Sanchez I, I I think that he needs a, a, a big fight uh maybe him and, and Andy Ruiz so I you know he's a he's a guy that I'm keeping an eye on in the heavyweight division once all these recycled heavyweights uh go go off into never Neverland or whatever um You know, once Deontay's out of the picture And AJ's out of the picture And Tyson Fury's out of the picture I mean, when you start looking at these young heavyweights There's not much to look at There's not much to look forward to I do like Frank uh, Sanchez And I'll tell you another guy I like I like this kid, Johnny Fisher Now, he's an English fighter He's only got 10 pro fights Um, He's similar uh, in build and stature As as, uh, Frank Sanchez and a uh, 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 Naganu uh, at six foot four but he's 24 years old uh, sanchez is 31 years old uh, I didn't give you his lowdown on on that he's 21 years old uh, he fights around 241 to 247 pounds six foot four 78 inch reach um he, he's a he's a formidable heavyweight and if his team gives him the chance to get better and better and not be stagnant at where he is right now by giving him the same level of opposition. And that's the problem, boys and girls, with the sport today. I'll get to that a little later. But this kid, Johnny Fisher, he's only 24. The same type of size and build uh, as uh, as Sanchez. Uh, at six foot four. Uh, you know, he's usually fighting in around the same uh, weights as well between two uh 238 242 something like that um he's uh he, he's good he, he's look uh, he, he needs to improve his defense he needs to improve his jab he needs to improve his footwork. Uh, he's only got 10 fights um he needs to step him up now because of his 10 fights, they've been against very calculated risk opponents um they gotta step him up at this point. Um, You know, if you want this kid to get better. And that's the problem with boxing today. One of the problems that they don't test their fighters there because because the sport of boxing have has evolved into if a fighter loses, he's no good. He's got no market value. He's got this. He's got that, which is totally wrong. But it's not fair to the fighters because what happens is you get a guy, you build him up, build him up. Now his record looks fantastic, and you put him in in a real fight for a title, and he gets blown out, and then everybody says, oh, yeah, he was overrated. Oh, he was this and that. Well, you know, a lot of times it's not the fighter's fault. Every fighter, uh, I would imagine, because if they don't say it, they shouldn't be fighting, but every fighter out there wants to be the best, and they want um, to challenge themselves. So, um, yeah, the heavyweight division, uh, it's... uh, it's not at its greatest point, but we do have a couple of main, <clears throat> excuse me, players that are in the heavyweight division that should uh, start fighting each other. And again, uh, I'll get to a little more of the problems with boxing. But this is where the promoters don't want, you know, their fighters fighting other promoters' fighters. I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, a couple of uh, fights that I, I wanted to mention this weekend on the uh, Joe Cordina against uh, Edward uh, uh, Vasquez for Cordina's IBF uh, Super Featherweight title. And the co-main event is, uh, uh, now I'm going to murder names. You know, some things never change, right? Uh, Singvi V. Uh, uh puts his uh, IBF Junior Flyweight title on the line against Adrian Corral. Uh, when you look at um, uh, uh he's the champ. Uh, this is a guy that's making uh, uh, his second world title defense. He won the title in September of uh, 2022 uh, with a 12-round split decision over uh, Hector Flores uh, Cali- uh, uh, Calixto. Again, you know me. I can't even say my last name. That's why it's Billy C. Um, 24 years old, um, 12-0 and with nine knockouts, busy fighter. Um, I like this kid. Uh, and he's fighting against another guy very similar in style with uh, Adrian Carell who's uh, um, 23 wins uh, 4 losses and a draw he's only got 4 knockouts he's not a power puncher but he's a volume puncher Um, uh, Monshinga he's got 9 knockouts of his 12 fights Uh, that's the uh, co-main event the main event's an interesting fight Um, when you look at it Joe Cordenia is the uh, champion, and he's taken on uh, a guy in Edward Vasquez, um, who the IBF has him ranked at number uh, nine. The computer ranks Vasquez number 51. So on paper, this doesn't look like a very competitive fight. His record, 15 wins, one loss, and of his 15 wins, he's only got three knockouts. Um, Here's another interesting fact about Vasquez. He's never gone 12 rounds. Um, you know, at 28 years old, he doesn't seem to have a lot of power. Uh, he's only got the three knockouts. And his opposition, eh, it hasn't been that good. His height, he's given up two inches. He's 5 foot 7 He's given up two inches uh, against uh, uh, Cordellina. And uh, his last two fights were against decent opposition. Uh, and both of them were this year. So Vasquez will be fighting his third time, which is... Uh, you know, in these days, it's uh, uh, it's like uh, you know he's going to win Fighter of the Year award. Unfortunately, but his last two fights in uh, February seventeenth, uh, he won a ten round split decision over uh, Missyael Lopez, and uh, in July of this year, he won a ten round decision over Brian uh, D Gracia. Um, so, and and I I read somewhere today that. Uh, you know, there's there's several people that feel that he's going to upset uh, Cordenia. But I, I'm not so sure. Uh, Cordenia is the IBF World Super Featherweight Champ or Junior Lightweight Champ, however you look at it. Um, he's ranked at number four uh, in the world by the computer. Um, he's not ranked by any other sanctioning body because he's a world champ. Uh, he's five foot nine. Like I said, he's uh, got a two inch uh, height advantage uh, and his reach is... Uh, is a little longer as well this guy throws a lot of punches and he's got a pretty good defense 16 and 0 with 9 knockouts his last three fights were against uh, uh well last three fights not only were they against all good opponents they were all good they were all world title fights uh he won the title um against um uh let's see he won uh well he won the title uh against Uh, You know I'm not going to be able to pronounce this guy's name. But uh, um, Shavkat uh, Rakamov in 2023, April 22nd, um, he won a second-round knockout over uh, Kenshi uh, Ogawa. Uh, I'm sorry. He won the second-round knockout over Ogawa to win the title. Uh, the uh, Rakamov uh, fight was a, a quality fighter that he won a twelve-round decision uh, over. That was his last fight. Um, prior to that, he won a ten-round unanimous decision over uh, uh, Miko uh, Chat Chatran, and uh, uh, those are his last three fights against good opposition. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think this guy. Um, is pretty good, you know. He's thirty. He's thirty-one years old. Um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, in this fight, I, I'm not making any predictions. I don't know that much about any of these fighters this weekend on the zone. Uh, but uh, but that fight looks interesting, and that fight looks like a fight that uh I'm gonna uh, watch actually. <laughs> um, but uh, let's see some upcoming fights that I'm interested in uh david benavides against demetrius andre um you know demetrius uh boo boo uh andre you know I-, I look back at this guy's career and he was so loyal to to joe DeGuardi and star boxing uh, by sticking with him for so long and it, it was a mistake you know i, I think uh, if you recall he was co-promoted uh by him and uh uh, another promoter, Joe DeGuardian, And and, and it, it never works out like that. He didn't seem to get the fights that he wanted. And then fighters didn't want to fight him because he, he kind of makes all fighters look bad. So his career, although a lot of people had high hopes for him, it never really got anywhere. This particular fight against De- uh, David Benavidez for uh super middleweight title, um, I, I don't see him... I see him making Benavidez look bad, but I don't see him winning this fight. Benavidez is a beast, and uh, I, I I could see Andre getting knocked out. This is taking place November 25th on a pay-per-view. December 2nd on zone, a fight I'm looking forward to, Ryan Garcia against Oscar Duarte. Um, I like the fight, and I think it's going to be an interesting fight. Um, December 9th, another pay-per-view. You notice that the pay-per-views are coming back? You know, you notice that nobody, no television has fights. I'm going to all get into that. Um, Regis Progress against Devin Haney. It's a good fight. Uh, December 26th, uh, NUA against uh, Marlon uh, Tapples uh, on ESPN+. Plus. And uh, in January, you got uh, Artur Beterbiev against Callum Smith. Uh, Unification, uh, light heavyweight fight. Interesting fight there. Uh, the big question is can Callum Smith stay off the canvas <laughs> because B2B uh, if I recall correctly I don't have his record in front of me I don't think he I think he's won every fight by knockout uh, and then of course which is still on the schedule now uh, or at least tentatively in February uh, the Tyson Fury Olander uh, Usyk fight um, alright so I said that there's some problems with, with the sport right um, here's here's the biggest problem uh, you know the interest level and and bo- boxing i think boxing's in trouble all right and i think it's boxing's own fault look even during the time when my guy tom molino that i wrote my book on even during that time okay there was greed involved there was shysters there was rip offs there was all the same crap that goes on today It was going on back in in the 1800s when when Molyneux fought. Nothing has changed in that area. It went on in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, okay? It was the same crap, all right? But it's a little different today, and I'll tell you why. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to get criticized, but today's fighters are all looking for the easiest path to a world title and to money. Now, I don't blame them, you know. I mean, human nature is to try to find the easiest path to what what you're doing. But generally, the easiest path isn't the best path, and it doesn't make, especially in the fight game, it does in any professional sport really. It doesn't make a a champion in in boxing a longevity. It doesn't give them longevity as a champion. The guy that that builds up and gets better and better and better after every fight is the guy that becomes a champion and stays a champion for a long time. You know, Andre Berto was a great example of a fighter that never fought anybody, right? And then he gets his title shot. Um, you know, he wins the title. Then, then, then you know, I, he, he loses, and everybody says, well, you know, he's still developing. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait. Why are fighters that are still in a de- developmental stage fighting for a world title i know the easy answer is because there's so many world titles everybody's got a title right but the problem is is somewhere along the line and i know when but i'm not going to mention it somewhere along the line um we got the misconception in the sport of boxing that a fighter is no good when they lose a fight so therefore the promoters feel they can't promote them the networks feel they they won't get people to watch them etc 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 and that's totally wrong you know back in the day and 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 now what's happened is because of that and because of the the demanding prices that fighters want to fight for and everything else you know the backbone of boxing was the club shows the club shows were the backbone of boxing and the way it used to work was that a a local area would have a fighter, right? And um that fighter might have went to school with with all his buddies and he he, they bring a fight to his town. And uh, you know, all the locals want to come out and see Johnny fight, you know, and that's how they build up a following. And then that guy from that town maybe fights another guy from another town in another state that has a backing and and uh you know, maybe they win, maybe they lose. Uh, but the, the, the fan base is there, and that's the important thing. Now, back in those days, all you needed to do was to sell enough tickets and sponsors and everything else. Well, today, promoters, and, and that was called grassroots promoting promoters would have to go and knock on doors and sell ads in the in the uh, program or sell uh, uh, you know ring apron ads and stuff like that or the fighters would get sponsorships or the fighters would sell tickets and make some side money by selling a certain amount of tickets there was it was a big thing it's grassroots promoting and you always saw a lot of people uh, with asses in the seats but then you know tv came around and and started paying for for fights and uh, we started seeing it with ESPN. ESPN used to pay uh, $50,000 for, for a fight for, to a promoter to bring the undercard, to put on the fight. ESPN would take care of the, the main event, and uh, the, the promoter would have to put on uh, the undercard. Okay, well, what did we start seeing? We started watching fights on ESPN. Nobody was at them. Why? Because the promoter was lazy. He didn't care about selling tickets. He got a couple of uh, kids that uh, wanted to uh, get a win, so he made their sides pay for the opposition. I'm just telling you how the business works, fellas, you know, and they pay for the opponents. So the promoter, he's sitting there counting his 50 G's. You know, maybe he had to fork over uh, some money for the venue or whatever the case is, but, you know, he made his money. Greed, all right? Um, That went bye bye you know, because, uh, you know, the television network started not, you know, people stopped watching those fights because they weren't competitive, you know. Then you get the the model, the pay-per-view model. Everybody got sick of the pay-per-view model, right? Well, then streaming came around. And what do we see now? You know, a promoter aligns himself with a streaming service, And then all his fighters fight on that streaming service. So you got to buy that streaming service to watch those fighters. But what if you like a fighter from another promoter? Oh, they got their streaming service, too. So you got to buy that. And then what do you see? Frigging commercials on pay-per-views. When the hell did that happen? You're paying for the pay-per-view. Why are we watching commercials? You know, greed, 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 greed. And who are they fleecing? The boxing fan. They're fleecing the boxing fan. And uh, I I think that um, boxing's in trouble. You know, the commission requirements. So these small-time uh, venues that could seat 300 people or whatever, how can a promoter make money off of 300 uh, people in the seats when four-round fighters today are demanding 2500 bucks to fight? You know, it used to be $100 a round. Now, I'm not knocking the fighters for getting as much as they can, um, but it makes it very difficult when, you know, you're sitting there, uh, you know, with a 300-seat arena, And you don't need a calculator to figure out you're never going to make the money back. So now a promoter is forced to uh, get a bigger arena. Well, with a bigger arena, you need to sell more tickets. And if you can't sell 300 tickets, well, let me get TV involved. Let me get a sponsor. Let me get this. And it's not happening anymore. You know, the commission requirements have gotten very expensive, too. I know I promoted in New York State. I promoted in several uh, states. But New York State, I mean, the amount of money you need uh, before you can even sell one ticket, is outrageous. So uh, the small-time promoter um, is forced to try to 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 kick it out in a in a big venue. Um, the fighters, you know, uh, they're looking for as much money as they can. It's the four-round fighters that that are screwing things up, in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, I, the fact is 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 you want fighters that. know you want even fights and uh you know yes they should get paid but they should be affordable um the sponsorships there's a lack of sponsorships local uh sponsorships used to be the norm that's not the case anymore um you know ticket sales you know uh, people want to stay home and watch it they don't want to go out to the to the club and watch the fight which is a mistake because there's nothing like there is no sport like boxing live there's no sport like boxing live um and uh you know the other big problem in my opinion is uh, the don king syndrome the one and done uh promoter now when i say the don king syndrome what i mean is you know it's uh, you know everybody knows don king made Uh, A pretty good uh, living off of promoting boxing, right? And um, so people want to make their money. So boxing is very uh, easy to get into. Uh, All you need is a checkbook that actually has money in the account and you're in. You could be a promoter, you could be a manager, you could be anything you want. Just pay and you're in, okay? Unfortunately. Um, So a promoter, Says you know what Don King made millions of dollars, I too can, and they go and they put on a show and they get uh, faced with reality and they lose their ass and what happens they never promote a show again which is bad for boxing, you know you need a, 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 a again, the the key is what used to be you get a local kid that the local community likes that you're in an area that you could put on a show for an affordable price may not be greedy, you know, just hope that you can make a couple of bucks as a promoter and sell tickets and start to get a following. That's, that's what you need to do in the sport of boxing. But, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, promoters don't want to fight, uh, their put their fighters against another one, or they don't want to risk losing a, a fight and so on and so forth. And, and the end result is what we're going through today. When you look at, The fighters and all the rankings and stuff, um, they're not that great. I'm sorry. You know, with all of the nutritional breakthroughs that we've had in the last 50 years, okay, all the nutritional breakthroughs, all of the training techniques, uh, how you can work specific muscles, uh, all these things. I mean, technically, our athletes today in any sport, are way better than they were. Listen, I was a guy, I have been. Mean, I did this show for, for 20 years, right? We're, we're now in our 21st year, starting today. Um, you know, I, I was the guy that, that would always say about the older fighters and this and that, but listen, facts are facts. Nutritional advancements, uh, training technique advancements, all that stuff are so much better. Physically, the fighters are bigger and stronger and faster, right? You know, so all these things should equal the best boxing we've ever had. But no, it doesn't happen. And the reason, I think, one of the biggest reasons is today, we as a society and boxers too are mentally weak. And when I say that, it's, you know, they don't want to lose. The promoter doesn't want to lose. A fan doesn't want to see their fighter lose. You know, I I got so turned off. You know, another reason I I walked away for a little bit is I got so turned off by some of the boxing fans, the younger ones specific, not that I'm against younger boxing fans, but they didn't want to learn about the history of the sport. And the history of the sport of boxing is like no other sport. It is these guys, the the old-time fighters, paved the way for these guys today. And I believe that most fans should know a little about them and uh you know what they did today i was talking uh to a uh, a guy that used to be a a, a manager and they i'll give him a plug dave selling and uh you know he he was we were talking about a a, a fight that uh, me and uh, the late great sal rocky Cola did when we had uh we had the rights to rebroadcast these shows and we we, we had a lot of fun doing it um but Benny Kidd Perrett fought Gene Fulmer. And, um, you know, everybody Everybody always says how Benny Kidd got uh, killed in the ring and everything, but the Gene Fulmer fight, if you've never seen it, was the fight that really killed this guy. It was a brutal fight. Remember Tommy Hearns and, and uh, Hagler, uh, the best three rounds of live boxing I ever witnessed uh, until I watched this fight and call, I called this fight uh, we, we rebroadcast it, and I had never seen the fight before. Brutal, 10 rounds, okay? And back then, they didn't put a fighter on suspension. And Benny Kid Perrette fought three weeks later and, and ultimately died. Everybody remembers that. Uh, but Gene Fulmer, okay, Gene Fulmer's career was pretty much over, too, after that fight. Okay, he only fought three more times. He won one, he lost one, and he had a draw on one. You know, so, um, you know, at least the commissions are are being a little more safe uh, with the fighters. But the heart and determination of fighters uh, back in the day compared to today, uh, you just can't. You know, um, the story is the same generally with success stories. You know, it's generally a fighter that came out of poverty and used boxing or any other sport uh, to better their lives. Well, the definition of poverty from Jack Dempsey's time to today, even though it's still poverty, was a huge difference. Jack Dempsey went to school. He quit school like in fourth grade because his he was so poor that they made him wear his sister's clothes because that's all he had. And he wasn't transitioning or nothing like that like you would think today, right? I shouldn't have said that, but I don't care. And the truth of the matter is, is he didn't have shoes. He ended up going to work. He quit school and goes to work in the coal mines. You know, here's a kid, a kid that should be in school. Well, that's Jack Dempsey's story of poverty, and he used it. Now, today, you know, you still got stories of poverty, and the kids still have to pull themselves out. But what do they pull themselves out to? We don't have trainers. We don't have good teachers anymore. You know, we have rah-rah men. You know, hey, yeah, go out there and uh, kick his ass. You know, it's like, oh, oh, how do I do that, coach? You know, throw some punches, you know. I mean, that's what we got as trainers. And the reason is because boxing used to be a trade, you know. And what I mean by a trade is a boxer would st- uh, stroll into a gym as a kid and he would start hanging out at the gym he would uh, he would fight a little bit you know uh, learn to be an amateur go from an amateur to pro and then after his pro career he's back at the gym and he's training and he's teaching other kids and it's and it was a cycle and that was the norm you know guys were able to make a living uh at uh, at professional boxing or even being a trainer Today, most of them are doing other stuff, and they're doing it on the side. It kills me to see these guys in the corner, the rah-rah men, you know, uh, the belt carriers, because you, you need at least six or seven guys to carry all these alphabet belts around, you know, and, and where are the good teachers? Where are the good trainers? You know, I mean, think about it. You know, where, where it, it are, are the good trainers? You know, half of them. You know, I, they think the fight's about them. And and my favorite thing I used to say all the time on the show is, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The train is talking all before the fight. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then their fighter loses, and they say, well, he didn't do this, and he didn't do that. What happened to the we? What happened to the team? You know, um, you know when the bell rings, there's only two guys in the ring, and they're the fighters. All that entourage and all those rah-rah men behind them, they're not going to be able to help them. Anyway, um, listen, that's about all. I just, uh, uh, I got some, my man Dave. Dave's in the uh, chat room. Uh, Glad to see Dave. Uh, I'll just uh, give some shout outs that out there. Uh, uh, Team uh, Batman Boxing is in there and uh, Del Bongo. I appreciate all all the accolades and uh, uh, EMT Rick. Hey, EMT Rick, if I recall correctly, he's a Dolphin fan. You know, I'm a Jets fan. I know, I know, but I kind of am pulling for the Dolphins. I did so many events down in Florida um, that I kind of like the Dolphins, and I'm an Alabama fan. So uh, the truth of the matter is, is uh, most of them are Al- uh, from Alabama. So um, you know, so I- I'm just glad uh, everybody uh, uh, is uh, um, uh, communicating here in the chat room. That's right, Banner Promotions. Thank you, Art Pulelo, uh was the co-promoter. Uh, for uh, uh, when Joe DeGuardia with uh, Demetrius Andre, that, it slipped my old aging mind. Uh, so, but anyway, hey, listen, uh, I just wanted to uh, test the waters a little bit, and um, I, you know, I had this uh, Naganu uh, Tyson Fury fight on my mind. I, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to see if I could remember how to do a show, uh, and I think, uh, I think, I think I can. Like the little train that could. Don't ruin it for me. I'm almost done with that book. But uh, but the truth of the matter is is uh, I am going to do a show on Thursdays. Uh, I may start it. I, I might start it a little earlier than 6. I might start it at 5. Uh, but don't worry. You could always watch it on the YouTube channel and, of course, uh, the podcast. So uh, I'm hoping uh, we'll get some guests uh, on the show. Uh, I know I got uh, uh, my man Alex and, and Dax uh, can come on. Uh, when they have a chance, and uh, I'm going to get some fighters on and uh, uh, try and have a little fun doing this. So I appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, I'm glad that – and and I just want to give a shout-out to all the people uh, that were texting me for the last year and and emailing me and calling me on the phone and, you know, asking me. I I, I still talked a lot of boxing individually with with people – and uh, I, I just, I want to thank everybody for being diligent and uh, waking my ass up to, to come back. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, I kept seeing this, oh, boxing needs you, boxing needs you. And I'm like, well, what do they need me for, you know? Um, but I, I, not that I think boxing needs me, because boxing doesn't need anybody. But what I'm going to do is the same stuff I always did. I'm not going to pull any punches I'm going to tell it like it is, at least the way I feel. I'm open for criticism. Um, you know, you can text me. You can email me. Uh, I'm very accessible. I'm actually trying to spend a little more time on on Facebook and, and uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, you know, so, I mean, all of that stuff. Uh, reach out, you know, subscribe to us, follow us, do whatever we're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, if you have an idea of a topic or you want me to uh, discuss, I know we're going to be getting into the historical stuff because that's actually my favorite. And, uh, you know, the best guy to do that uh, over the years has been Alex Papali. So uh, we'll get uh, some of those blasts from the past uh, back. So uh, all that stuff. But mm, for now, I'm going to call it a night. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, coming on and uh, spending some time with me. And uh, all I can say is... uh, Tune in next Thursday. Might be a different time, but it's going to be the same bat channel. See you guys then. Ciao, baby.